This is Betsy Jensen, and you are listening to Unstoppable Body and Mind, Episode 91, Making Peace with Food with L. Mace. In this podcast, we learn to upgrade our brain and understand the power of our thoughts to heal and to create the results we want in our life. Become the person in control of your healing and make peace with your life. Become unstoppable, body and mind. All right. So welcome, Al. Hi. Thank you Hi. for having me. Thanks for coming. Today on the show, we have Al, who is an intuitive eating coach. And is that how you describe yourself? <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? I've got, I've got a variety of sort of uh, things going on. So yeah, I mean, yeah. A, part, a part of my work would be the intuitive eating, intuitive eating therapy side of it. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I saw what I wanted to in you. Basically we met on Instagram. Um, Elle started following me and commenting on a lot of things. And so I saw a lot of her stuff and her approach to eating, to, um, you know, dieting or anti-dieting or whatever, um, really resonated with me from my own personal experience. And so I wanted to bring her on the show and just highlight her and, uh, you know, give you all a chance to kind of explain how you came to the approach that you have and uh, a little bit about yourself. Yeah, of course, no problem. So a little bit about myself then. Um, I've always been really into sort of health, well-being um, and fitness. That's what I che- I trained in as um, oh, many moons ago. I was a fitness instructor and then I went and did uh, nutrition and then I became a personal trainer. And I did that for a few okay. years and then decided it wasn't quite right for me at the time. So I went off and got a job in the corporate sales world, did that for a, a long, long time. However, I still you know, was very much in the sort of wellness um, mm-hmm. arena, sort of fitness and stuff. Throughout mm-hmm. this whole period, I suffered myself with disordered eating, um, a mm-hmm. variety of different, um, different disorders, really. Mm. So um, uh, from, from a very young age, from about the age of 10, 10, 11, I sort of entered into diet culture. I started to manipulate my food. I started to restrict, mm-hmm. um, which then sort of caused havoc with my body and my mental health. Yeah. So I then went through all of like um, primary school and then secondary school and um, sort of really battling my food. And I was probably more in the sort of like restrict and binge then because I was so young and I was putting mm-hmm. myself through such restrictions that ultimately I was always ending up in, in a binge or overeating. Yeah. Um, and then uh, sort of into college years, I really suffered the sort of orthorexia side. So really trying mm-hmm. to make sure that I was clean eating, um, super restrictive as well. I put so much stress and pressure. I mean, I didn't even... In terms of like counting calories, it just went on behind the scenes in my head. Like I didn't even need to like look at food and count it. Like yeah. my body already calculated it for me. I was totally obsessed. Um, yeah. So you were was, eat, So you were healthy eating, but it was like your brain was just obsessed with thinking about food still all the time. Yeah, it was. It was a mixture of both. So it was the kind of like clean eating um, or for exercise, but also like the super restrictive. Yeah. um yeah like re- just try I was trying to constantly maintain a body that is not natural for me mm-hmm. um so, you know I went down to a, a real small I was around about a size six and I and I just worked like mm-hmm. well 
it was just unsustainable so I just had to put myself through unhealthy habits to stay at that that size Um, yeah which yeah was crazy so I did that for many years and then I think like when when you are in dietary chaos for a long time if something stressful happens in your life quite often you can sort of a um you can be quite affected by the sort of like the binge eating disorder and things like that and literally I went through a stressful period in my life and um and yeah kind of out of nowhere I then developed like the sort of bulimia side where I was being Mm -hmm. super restrictive but then I was also um then binge eating but then suddenly I was having this like massive urges to get rid of it um Mm -hmm. I'd always sort of over exercising anyway but this then Mm -hmm. yeah I I was I was struggling I had I had bulimia Mm -hmm. then and I had that for a a shorter time than the rest so at this point we're now getting on to 17 years and then I decided enough was enough and I kind of hit rock bottom with it I just couldn't go through it anymore so that was when I took on the challenge of healing my relationship with food yeah wow that is amazing and did you how did you come to it I took myself on the journey very much I I saw numerous um not necessarily counselors therapists counselors coaches I saw numerous people um Mm -hmm. But I don't think any of them, I didn't get a sense that any of them had had experienced what I had experienced. So I just didn't find them very helpful. I just didn't get anything mm-hmm. out of it. Um, it's not just to say they didn't help me at all. There might have been other elements in my life that we kind of covered and that I felt help, I found it helpful. But mm-hmm. in terms of getting the support for the binge eating, the, the, the disordered eating, I wasn't, get, I wasn't getting the support I needed. Yeah. So I did, I did very much to sort of take on my own approach, which was do lots of research um lots of googling which is a good and a bad thing but getting hold mm-hmm. of books that I should be reading and then uh-huh. just ultimately taking myself through, through a bit of a journey I also did a course so I thought well if I can actually l- like learn about it like as if I was to to do it then I'm going to know the most I can so I did a course and I actually really really enjoyed it which really helped me out of mm-hmm. out, out of eating and then after that I was like oh wow I can't believe that I've pulled myself out of that if I can pull myself out of that then anyone yeah. can yeah. I decided to continue some training and I took on a few courses over a couple of years and then eventually when I'd sort of done all that and to be honest it's all still ongoing like this, mm-hmm. this learning is never ending I then left my my corporate job and decided to do it as as a full-time job yeah so would you say you were kind of, um, you've tried, you know, kind of all of the things and then you were kind of drawn to more, like, I think I can just kind of approach this by befriending myself or becoming more intuitive with myself or what was the, you know, kind of what were you drawn to there? Yeah. So in terms of the intuitive side, I started, I started to realize and I could see it playing out in my own life that actually when you do like when you do restrict fit food you ultimately will you know your your body will urge yourself to eat them more and then I thought well that is true for me you know I don't eat bread and yeah. I got a strong urges to eat bread I don't eat chocolate and I thought I eat chocolate and right. then and what I was reading up was that actually if you allow these foods back into your life you know you calm yourself down um you actually probably don't want them and when, when I started mm-hmm. to do more foods, I just thought, actually this makes total sense scary yeah big time scary yeah it makes sense to me so let's just try it and 
I remember, I, re I really remember sat in my front room and deciding that from the next day I was going to allow foods back into my, my life. And I remember, this is crazy, I remember sat there and I was like, right, I need to book a holiday or I need to book a retreat so I can go away for two weeks so I can yeah. eat all this food and I'm going to gain loads of weight and then I'm going to lose it all again. And I'm going to come back, but I need to disappear for a few weeks to get this done. I, I just remember yes. like, that really being my mindset. Like I can't go yes. through in normal life with, with people seeing me um amazing yeah because I just assumed that I was going to if I ate these foods I assumed I would just gain loads of weight but actually I mean everyone's journey is so different some people gain weight lose weight stay sick whatever but for me actually you know it was fine I I just started introducing them into into my life each day and I realized mm -hmm. actually I can trust myself with these foods mm -hmm. it's the trust around it and when it's so restrictive then I think you're exactly right. Like we know that biologically, you know, it just increases that desire for it immediately when we're told we can't have it. Yeah. And then, you know, a lot of times with diet culture, we start to tie that to, you know, our worthiness or our, you know, if we're good or not. Or, I mean, there's so many things about the complexity of what we make it mean when really at our natural state, I don't think we want to binge on you know a box full of pop tarts like it doesn't taste good you know like I have that same you know a, a similar story in some ways as far as um bulimia and thinking you know trying all of the diets and really I remember at one point I did get some counseling and telling my counselor like probably within a minute I'm thinking about food like 10 times either food what I will eat what I won't eat how I'll exercise, you know, what I need to do to make up for this. I mean, just always on my mind. Yeah. And oh, yeah. yeah, for me, it was, you know, it was actually different because I ended up, you know, not trying to work on it directly. It was some other, um, you know, I, in relationships, I started to see how I was, you know, not playing those same games with food in my head and how my body was actually turning out like, better right like I started yeah. to just kind of notice like as I kind of normalized my like I had co-regulated with someone who had normal eating I don't know what it was so yeah. not that that's the answer but like I just got to this place in my life where really you know if I have a really strong desire to go eat a cheeseburger and fries I just eat that and then because I I kind of feel like my body can handle it it's resilient my body kind of looks the best it has in my whole life, I think, because when I was bulimic, you know, I was actually like about 20 pounds heavier than yeah. I am now. Mm -hmm. um, even with, you know, the height of my diet pinnacle, I was actually heavier. Yes. Yeah. Where this, you know, it's like, I've let go of the resistance. I've let go of the fear. I totally trust myself. Yeah. And there are some times that I wake up and I'm like, oh, I ate too much yesterday. And naturally I'm like, I just trust that my body's not going to want to eat as much today. And over the course of, you know, the week, it's going to even out. And I even have some clothes that are on my bigger set. I kind of fluctuate within 10 pounds generally. So I have clothes that look cute on me at my bigger weight and yeah. clothes that look cute on me, you know, and, yeah. and my body fills out differently. So there's some good things at my heavier weight. I actually, you know, get lots of compliments sometimes at my heavier weight. So it's just, tearing down all of those things that I thought were important and what I thought
thought would get me the results I wanted and even understanding why I wanted that result. It just, you know, as I started trusting myself more, all of that just evened out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. This is the thing, like in your head, your self-worth was down to the size, dress size that you were wearing. You know, (laughs) however, that's not anyone else's guideline for you at all you know that's all just completely in your head you've completely made that up so yeah and I'm so pleased to hear you say you know my weight naturally fluctuates by 10 pounds because weight does fluctuate it fluctuates between the four seasons for Mm -hmm. for females it absolutely fluctuates on a menstrual cycle like you really Mm -hmm. gain a few pounds you know um and just in general if you have a baby if you go on holiday You know, if you yes. if you're sick, you can go one way or another. If your sh- stress has a, such a huge impact on our body, if you're going through periods of different stress throughout the year, your body's going to change a bit. And it's right. just about surrendering to that and not getting too obsessed with that. Right. Yeah. And I've seen examples. Like I really did a lot of work on like looking at fuller bodies and seeing the beauty in that. And, you know, you, you hear a lot of, people if you talk to guys like a lot of them you know like real bodies and and you know just starting to just question you know kind of the ideals that I had in my head and and see that in real life like I said you know I would sometimes get more compliments you know especially right now you know kind of having the booty you know well also like when you uh, also you'll have a bigger better personality and that is yes. what is so crucial when you're around people you'll be more yes. and, and you will because it's associated it's the hormones like in order to release the happy oh. hormones uh, increase that, that there's several happy hormones and um, ones that balance our mood out um serotonin etc in order for them to actually regulate and be and, and be increased in the body you need to eat like the macronutrients the carbs or the proteins that's what helps carry you know oh, carry, yeah carry the things throughout the body to be able to, to get it so actually yeah you are going to be a karma happier person if you are you know more within your arena we've all got a bit of an arena of where where we are yeah and that makes sense and you know even just like I said with those examples of other people just seeing how beautiful some people are when they're just comfortable in their own skin whatever their body looks like can be so much more attractive and magnetizing and you know sexy than yeah. someone who has the perfect body but is a, a robot or a Barbie doll, someone you'd even want to have a conversation with, you know? Yeah, I mean, the perfect body is just crazy because what is the perfect body? You know, that firstly, that changes for everyone because everyone's got different preferences and what, um, um, you know, what people like and what they yeah. feel good. I mean, society changes the, the apparent perfect body, but, you know, as much as the wind blows. So, right. But they're always, it's always taken too far. So you had like the era where it was twiggy and it was very, very thin. Um, do, oh, do you know about twiggy? Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, very, very thin. Very, very thin. You know, so there was that. There was like, you need to, you need to accommodate to this in order to have the perfect body. Yeah. Then you've got the Kardashians. I mean, that's not just curvy. Yeah. That is, I'm not sure what those butts are, but like... How, yeah. can you, how can you okay I'm going to develop a size four waist and uh, you know a much much larger bum I mean that is actually yeah. for most people completely unrealistic and the only way they can get there is surgery and it's just it is social society and social media is just cruel 
It's cruel. Right. It really is. And so I'm glad your voice is out there. Like, I really love your posts that I, you know, they just speak so much common sense and, you know, we need more voices out there. I think talking about this because mentally I'm so much freer now that I don't worry about that all the time. I mean, frees me up to worry about other stuff. Let's just be honest, but still, (laughs) but you know, I, that's just something that didn't, it wasn't even helping. Like I said, I was at my highest weight when I was the most obsessed with dieting and I ran a marathon. Like I trained for and ran a marathon, you know, when I was at my highest weight. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's not the things you do. It's not, you know, in coaching, we talk about the action line. It's not the action line. It's the energy you're coming from. And if you're doing anything from this energy of like, I hate who I am now. I need to be different in order to be valuable or to change, you know, in order to love myself. Yeah. And no matter what you do, it's it's not going to work out as well as if you accept who you are now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you, yeah, you, we all have a natural set weight point and the more you try and push against that, um, Mm -hmm. you know, the more you're going to start building disordered habits and it's, you know, it's very, very difficult. There's an analogy like about if like, um, a like a beach ball like a, the beach ball is your natural set weight point mm-hmm. and it will bob above the water you know when you're playing with it bob, bob, bob around and that's what our natural weight does it goes a little bit bobby bobby but then mm-hmm. you try and push this beach ball under the water yeah. too much all it's gonna do is shoot back up and mm-hmm. that is when you try and put yourself through deficit calorie deficits are unachievable and you know your body is just going to fight it it's going to reserve all its energy so actually when you say when you're in diet your biggest that's I hear that I hear that day in day out because restriction and binging which is what happens when you restrict is the biggest sort of fat making machine it's what is how we gain our weight yeah so I I wonder like a question that I think would come up a lot is when people hear about this approach thinking like okay, well, this means like, I just have to accept that, you know, I'm 50 pounds overweight I'm un- and I'm always going to be, but do you find that once people, you know, kind of accept where they are, that they actually can start to, you know, kind of get to their lower set weight or set point, you know, a possible healthier set point for them naturally? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, some people say, well, you know, I've, I've kind of been this way for so long now and this sort of stuff. But, uh, you know, people do have a natural set weight point. So if mm-hmm. you know that you are over that, then mm-hmm. getting out of dietary chaos will be super important thing for you to do. We, we do also advise, like, if you really want to go down the intuitive eating journey, um, there's, you know, and it's a journey that actually, if you can decide park the, um, the weight loss, heal your relationship with food and all the elements of it, the good, the bad, the the everything. And Mm -hmm. then once you kind of go through that journey, like the, the, the steps of it, then be like, okay, when you feel like you're in a good place, then, you know see where you're at because you never know you might actually you might heal your relationship with food and and then therefore you kind of heal your relationship a bit more with yourself and your body and your image and you actually might just be happier and it not might not be such a focus or if you feel like you're in a really good place but actually like medically I do really want I do need to lose some weight then you can kind of tackle that but yeah Mm -hmm. so once they kind of like start to regulate yes 
nervous system, their blood sugar, because yeah. we even know like our vagus nerve does control like our blood sugar too. So yeah. instead of being in a state of fear and fight or flight versus yeah. you know, kind of having a plan. Yeah. People have a natural set weight point and t- people say, well, what if I don't know what that is? But I mean, like usually, unless you're really young, it's usually the, the weight that you were before you started kind of manipulating what you were doing with, with food. Okay. Um, okay. That needs to be taken with a pinch of salt because some people are were eighteen or fifteen or like me ten. So ten, yeah. right? Yeah, because like you're like, okay, my natural set weight point is eighty pounds. Then yeah, I should weigh as much as a fifth grader. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, but I think I mean I'm I always like to make the analogies to pain. And a lot of times when people are in chronic pain and you suggest that they make peace with the pain where they are in order to create less pain in the future, there's a lot of resistance sometimes thinking like, if I accept where I am, that means that I'll always be there. Yeah. And, yeah. and I wondered if it's kind of the same with food where people are like, well, if I am not dieting and I just accept, how will it ever go away? But I, I just wondered, you know, because it does make sense to me that as the body does get to kind of the nervous system regulation, it's not in constant stress about it. You're not attaching a lot of meaning to it. It's like you start to see that that people naturally either, you know, are are losing the weight because they're kind of just making different choices. They're not stress eating. They're, yeah. you know, kind of doing more self-care. They're hydrating better, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, stress. Some people will will lose weight when they get stressed, um, but people will gain weight when they're stressed. I know for me, I've I've had particularly stressful times. I would definitely say I'm someone that then then holds on to my weight more, or or maybe it increases Mm -hmm. because when your cortisol levels rise, all kinds of things then go uh, kick into action in the body. Yeah. Well, and that's it. Reminds me of you know, I heard in yoga like you can do they did a study where they took people that were doing yin yoga, which is just the restorative yoga where you just like lay in some positions for 10 minutes and then switch positions that, you know what I mean? You're just like very relaxing. And then versus people who were doing a, a very powerful vinyasa flow where they were like doing a lot, expending a lot yeah. of calories and people actually lost more weight that were doing the yin yeah. because they were relaxing, right? They were like, I, I think getting to the nervous system state where they can rest and digest. And so yeah. their cells are functioning more efficiently and they're, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, yeah. Just, it makes sense to me that when we have so much resistance, when we have so much like urgency yeah, that we create more, you know, of what we don't want sometimes versus the allowing the trusting yeah, and almost doing less. <laughs> Yeah, and then and then it actually ends up with a greater result definitely I mean there's loads of science, scientific facts around the sort of you know what stress will do for you so from what I know in terms of like body yeah. weight and stuff that there's you know if you're, yeah. you're stressed etc you, you're not going to get achieve your body goals but if you look at it from like a holistic and a spiritual point of view as well where you kind of like you get what you you focus on don't you You think things into existence so if yeah, you exactly and body yourself every day you're going to be unhappy and and probably sit with that body but if you kind of you know have the opposite mindset you know personally I I think it works 
I think so too. I think so too. I just have felt that so much in my own life. There are areas that I still have a lot of resistance around like time, you know, lack of time feels very real, but this area with eating and, you know, I'm starting to get there with finances where I'm just, I feel the difference of that total place of trust that, like I said, even though, you know, right now I might be wearing a bigger size than sometimes I've worn, you know, it's like, I'm totally okay with that. I know yeah. I'll probably go back down at some point because that's happened before. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. but it's, it's this release of all of that, you know, just resistance around all of it. Like I said, now I have my other things I worry about, but that area feels completely resolved. So I know it's possible for people. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so what do you think are the typical challenges when you start working with someone on their thinking around this? It will, it really is them down to believing that they can trust their body, but also big time is them um, sort of managing the voice in their head. Mm. So we've all got the voice in yeah. our head that tells us we can't eat that with, you know, low self-worth, we don't deserve it, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. It's, I think it's overcoming the ego that that's the voice in the head, the chimp mind. It's really overcoming the ego, which tells you for many people day in, day out, hourly, you know, how awful they are, et cetera, et cetera. And I think yes. that is yes. probably one because that takes a lot a long time. So my program's 12 weeks, which mm-hmm. for some people are like, wow, that's long, but actually like it's, it takes so long to, to manage this mindset or the, the, the subconscious right. that's spoken to you so negatively for so long. Um, yeah. So I, I think, like six month programs myself because I'm like, yeah. you know, we're rewiring the brain and yes. you really want to integrate it. And so three months, you know, it's relative and people start to see changes before three months. Right. But yeah, definitely. But you want to give yourself time and space to integrate yeah. this new way. Absolutely. People say to me, well, when I give them affirmations to do, they say, yeah, you know, my affirmation is that I am beautiful, but I just I'm just I'm not. And I'm, you know, it's, it's that kind of thing. It's like, it's yeah. really well to transition out of that. But I would yeah. say that's probably the challenge, that the biggest challenge is convincing people to keep going, keep mm. going with the work, because one day they will wake up and realize that they haven't thought about that for an hour or two. And then slowly, yeah. slowly it gets easier and it gets better. But I think the first few weeks, it's like, no, I still feel crap. And it's like, come on, got to keep going, keep going. Yes. Yeah. I, I can see that. I think there are a lot of analogies, you know, with any type of coaching, probably, but definitely with the work that I do, where there is a lot of trust to start to see your body as your friend, where it's kind of felt like your enemy for so long. Yeah. And and sometimes things look a little more chaotic when you first start. And you know, yeah. there's kind of there's a lot of fighting with your brain, but I'm so glad you're doing the work that you're doing. If anyone is interested in following you or getting a hold of more information how can they find out more from you yeah fab so my main protocol will be instagram which is at, at the instagram at i am l mace e-l-l-e-m-a-c-e um i do have a facebook but it's kind of just filtered from instagram and that mm-hmm. is at me myself per and then uh, yeah if you head over to instagram i've got um all my sort of website details are on there so yeah perfect feel like our work is related in so many ways yeah. and and I'm sure that the work you do is so helpful for people that you know food is one of those kind of things that you can't just it's not like a you know an addiction to something you could just cut out of your life you still have to yes. have food in your life so making yes. peace with it 
is like the biggest gift you could give someone who's struggling yeah. with that. So oh, it really is. It really, really is. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed it. And we shall me speak again, no doubt. Sounds great. All right. Take care. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you learned a little bit about your brain today that helps you in your life like it helped me. Please be sure and subscribe and leave a review. And of course, be sure and share this podcast with someone you know that wants an unstoppable body and mind.